Wallace, are you there? On the one. It's a pleasure to be on the one. My God, what a what a treat. Wow, I'm glad you're so excited to be here. <laughs> and how's it going up in Auckland? I'm, I'm really good, really good. So this is drive time to Eden, huh? Yeah, drive time to Eden. This is the, uh, the, the five-minute rush hour we have down here. <laughs> and uh, you're going to be entertaining people on their way home from their <laughs> crubby Mondays and their, you know... Disappointment after the big weekends, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure thing. Uh, everything is going okay, and all you know, it's so what is it? I'm just looking at the window, it's, it's pretty shitty, man. It's like it is pouring as Auckland as I want to do. Uh, you know what? Five t- five minutes drive time today, that, that's part of what I miss out to Eden. You know, I'm just looking, uh, eight, there are 800 cars a week extra on these roads in town, you know, yeah, uh, and it is just uh, you know, it's pretty insane, it's pretty insane. So, with that comes all this problems, Lawrence. Yeah, and I hear that from the way they make it sound out in the media that um, you basically have to pay to watch the rain now in Auckland, so <laughs> doesn't sound too good. Yeah, my uh, wife and me came down here, Dunedin from Melbourne maybe a year and a half ago, and we expected to be back in Melbourne, but we just can't leave, you know? Once you get used to the walking to work everywhere and no traffic and beautiful nature at your foot's doorstep, it's really hard to go back to all the oh, hustle totally and bustle. Right. I mean, it could be a model for a, it could be the, the, a model for a, a kind of a future city, you know, you've got a city of, what, 120 thousand people yep. uh, you've got um, you've got cycleways you've got places that you can uh, places to work that you can walk to uh, you know uh, when I was every day when I was in Dean for 13 years I pretty much cycled every day um, on the days that I couldn't because I was a bit sick you know but um, it, it was so going from my flat from North East Valley cycling down it's down Cumberland Street into Radio 1 that was sweet um, uh, a cheeky uh, a cheeky pint um, after work at the staff club or uh, over at the Cook or maybe at uh, maybe at Fuel Cafe you know oh I hate to ruin the, the nostalgia for the Cook the Cook has totally changed now <laughs> I don't know I don't know if you've seen that episode of South Park where they recreate the town like very hipster and they call it soda sopa and everything's really expensive and what? jazzy that's the captain cook now okay you know? no well i've seen i've seen reports on the uh, yeah, uh pictures that you know it's uh, hey well you know things change huh things yeah things change, change but i want to i think we're talking too much because we down here want to keep the needing a big secret you know we don't want <laughs> everybody knowing all this stuff you know I've I've um, talked to um, a couple of couples actually who have um, uh, thought of making Dunedin their home. They've uh, been to visit and they um, are professionals. Uh, yeah. And there's perhaps perhaps a chance that they can buy a home in Dunedin. Although house prices are rising in Dunedin as well. Um, for um, for a couple starting out in Auckland now, uh, it is um, it is regrettable to say, but it's near on impossible. In fact, it's it's. It's quite shocking. It's a bit of a Ponzi scheme. So, you know, you're talking about the average house price of, what, $800,000 across the board. I mean, who can afford that? Yeah, that's, just not, that's, that's not even a good investment because it's a bubble. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it's not going to be worth what you're paying off in the long run. There's it's, no way it, it can maintain that price. And No, it won't be long. It's exactly. Maybe in the long run, about half or three quarters of that. So that's, that's the issue. So I, I think what... Um, you know, cities like Dunedin are going to see is they're going to they're going to um, have people take a look and go, okay, how can we uh, how can we make this um, uh, this this change work? Yeah, well, see, my wife and me are looking for a house right now, so I just want to say Dunedin's really cold. It's really expensive. Nobody wants to be down here. Don't listen to Wallace. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. Go to Christchurch. Yeah. Go to Melbourne. It's much better over oh, there. the negative, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a fantastic little town. It's a, I don't know. I've been in a lot of places in the world, and this is, who knew that at the end of the world you'd find the best one, you know? Yeah. It's kind of how we feel. But uh, yeah. 
Excellent. So I'm calling you today because you had a pretty cool article about you in the ODT that I happened to pick up kind of late this afternoon. And it's kind of talking about how you had this, um, you kind of had a, a really intense negative experience in your life, but you kind of turned it into this unexpected career in radio. And uh, that's pretty cool. And okay. maybe you want to, for people who haven't read the article since... I don't think it came out in a tweet form, so maybe uh-huh. people oh, don't... Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it was a t- um, article, really cool article by Marza Taylor, a, a local uh, a writer there, ODT, and, you know, it's, it's nothing particularly new, actually, Lawrence, necessarily, but, um, uh, you know, I mean, people may or may not know, I mean, I had, a, uh, I had actually, friends um, listening in will know, uh, really know, because, um, I, I, I mean, I was there doing, you know, university and, and really enjoying it, particularly in my final couple of years, I was really getting into the... Um, uh, the subjects and the departments I was um, I was involved in. In fact, I was on a bit of a roll in the last couple of years, not so much <laughs> earlier on. Uh, but it just so coincided with a bit of a bit of an illness that I had, mm-hmm. which which uh, happened to be very very rare. I, I I got into running. I got into these long distance running, so I sort of um, you know sort of traipsed uh, um, the, the pavements up um, you know up in, in Overhaul and uh, up Pine Hill. Uh, as well, oh. and uh, 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 up, um, the, uh, up um, I think it's um, Leith Valley, uh, those long, yep. beautiful runs in the evening at Leith Valley, you know, so I'd go, I'd do about 15 k's a week, and I, my legs started getting sore and sore, I thought it was physio-related, but no, turns out, turns out I had a, um, a, a really rare illness that, um, to cut a long story short, one of the symptom w- w- symptoms were... Uh, you just your bones start um, wearing away, uh, in fact, fragmenting really fast. Um, so I, I, um, I um, had to um, give up everything, uh, adversity, and uh, eventually I was just on the, I was on the invalid bit of it um, for um, for some time. So I was in a flat, a cheap flat. I mean, I couldn't afford anything. It was pretty. It was a pretty shitty situation. And it must have been uh, quite a cold flat to, as well. Yeah, having to cope uh, uh, being an invalid um, uh, on a walking stick. I couldn't go anywhere. Uh, if I wanted to go into town once a week to get a coffee at the percolator, it would cost me a taxi ride. I, I was, it was in dire straits, man, you know. And uh, Yeah, well, uh, that's, that must be something to go from being as you know, young, healthy, full of life, vibrant young man to, like you said, on the benefit you know, with a cane, a cane, is that right, a cane? Yeah, and walking stick, yeah. Walking stick, yep. Yeah. It, it I mean, it taught me, um, uh, <laughs> it taught me a lot of humility. Weirdly, as I said in the paper, the, the weirdest thing about this is I didn't, um, I didn't get depressed necessarily, I didn't sort of get a wash with depression, I just, in a way, I accepted it, and it was, uh, I mean, I was at home for a year, I became a kind of a recluse, you know, but mm. there, a, look, a couple of things happened, um, a couple of friends said, look, um, one, one person, um, I think he lives in Dunedin, uh, uh, back in Dunedin, Peter Vanderklundert, he said, look, fuck, um, you, uh, you, 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 you're into music, why didn't you come and be a um, director for, the summer, for a summer Shakespeare down there? Um, and, and it got me thinking into sort of how to write music again and, and that type of thing. I did that. That was a huge challenge. Uh, but totally rewarding, and also um, uh, someone who was working at Radio One, guy, guy by the name of Richard, uh, who I was playing with, he said, "Man, uh, why don't you try some um, writing some ads for Radio One?" I, Radio One wasn't too much on the radar back then. I listened to it, uh, I turned it on, and uh, I, I wrote a couple of ads. The clients loved it, and they said, "Richard, say, hey, do you want to write another one?" And um, I, I kind of got sucked into into the orb of Radio 1 that way, Lawrence. And um, uh, and as luck turned out, I applied for a job. And you know what? I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe my luck. I actually got it. Um, I got the job. And there started a 
just a really great relationship with um, with a great piece of um, student culture in the Dean and Radio One. So I was there for uh, five or six years as uh, as the creative director. It seems that so many of these stories in radio or journalism, especially, it just is seems like like you, what you just said this luck aspect to it. Like it just sort of just happened, you know. Um, for me, being on radio, once somebody just said, literally said to me one day, they said, oh, you know, you should go on the radio. You'd be great at it. And I never in my life had thought that, you know, last yeah. year. Never. And now, I mean, I'm not super successful, but I've had a pretty successful show. I've interviewed some really cool people. Cool. And, you know, you just think, you just walk in and do it one day, and then it yeah. starts to happen. And that's that's it seems to be a really continual theme running through um, people I know who've been successful in radio. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how, oh, how life might have gone any other way if I'd uh, if I'd not been if I'd not been sick, I would have uh, uh, maybe uh, um, uh, worked uh, at, at an institution, university, maybe writing policy. I don't know. I could have been uh, I could have been um, happy in other ways, but this is the route I took. But yeah, no, you're right. It, 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 I think if you're going anywhere, it is that combination. It's it's not just luck, and it's not just hard work, and it's not just who you know. It really is a mix of all things. So you would um, would, would you disagree with I think. They always attribute it to John Thomas Jefferson that hard luck makes good luck. I mean, hard work makes good luck, or do you think that it's just sort of kind of more random than that? Uh, I, I think it's a little bit more random than that, actually. Mm. Uh, I think that, um, I mean, you put yourself out there. I mean, uh, there were, as I said in the, in the piece in the ODT, you know, I think what, what, what happened also around that time was there was a, um, a very strong bunch of creative people who are really into doing things, you know, taking to the next level and really mixing it up. There were people, people like um, uh, Viv Hewitt at uh, uh, Radio 1, Louise Kearney, Richard Wayne, and you had people like Darren um, Stephen, a whole range of people, Richard Wayne, a whole range of people who, Rangi Powered, who, who were just really... Um, Big influences, um, mm. and uh, and so I was I was in that I was in that sort of awe of people who said, oh let's 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 try this and let's let's have that. And we'll back my management to do a whole lot of interesting things, like you know, fuck, let's change the logo or let's let's do something really interesting with um, uh, with the one card. Let's even actually even make a one card for a while there a swipe card. Um, so there was one year where it was like um, we had a magnetic strip on it, and it was your bank card. Um, oh wow, interesting. Uh, you know, and that, Jesus, that was back in '96. Yeah. Um, and so there was all these little ideas going on, and it was it was a kind of change for Radio One as well, where there was um, a, a new era of music sort of washing through with um, things like Porter's Head and Massive Attack and and Edie, like sort of uh, uh, electronica uh, that was mixed up with um, uh, uh, with what was happening uh, on the indie scene in New Zealand. So it was a whole it was a whole time um but yeah i mean um it's not just luck it's not just hard work it's kind of a combination you, you don't want to um put it to um anyone any one thing yeah wrong, but, maybe um, certainly great time. it's just turning up like woody allen said 90 percent of life <laughs> is just turning up you know what that's just i've thought about that quote so often um but there's a um uh, there's a guy i work with a bfm uh, he's a great actor he was a, a voiceover who came and got called joel tobeck um and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but um, of all the people that were coming to do voiceovers, and he's a, he's the best, uh, and he's a pro, uh, and he does a lot of acting uh, internationally. But he would always make time for me, and but not only would he make time for me, shit, he'd be up, he'd be five minutes early, where everyone else would be a quarter of an hour late. And um, and I said, but you're you're just always on time. It's just so amazing. Why is that? And he goes, 
that's the one thing my mum taught me. Uh, in all jobs I do, I'm always there on the couch, sitting, ready to go 10 minutes before. Uh, and, uh, you know, that Woody Allen quote for him, he said it's <laughs> one of the reasons he keeps working. Yeah, exactly. And how do you find this, like, you talk about a very creative atmosphere, at least in the late 90s at Radio 1. How does that differ with Radio New Zealand in there? I mean, do you find it just as creative, or is it creative in a different way, or is it more... Oh, Irons is creative in a different way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, um, uh, I mean, of course, uh, needless to say, it's going through great change, uh, you know, uh, 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 right now. Uh, I think there was... Um, uh, perhaps the perceived need that um, uh, RNZ needed to uh, also step things up, maybe do things a bit differently, uh, particularly uh, with uh, around the issues they had um, with static funding or, in effect, yeah. decreasing funding because, um, you know, year on year it's not keeping up. So the funding was frozen for RNZ, uh, capped rather, uh, I think 2007, 2008, around about $30 million. Now that hasn't increased, so that's been a significant sort of uh, um, halt. So a new CEO has come in um, who has uh, had as his priority uh, the digitalization around RNZ, uh, the need to, um, I guess, keep pace with the times because a lot of people, particularly younger people, but a lot of people are listening to radio in different ways. Mm. And so that ne- needed to be reflected. And also perhaps um, some of the um, presenters and great presenters who had given much and given extraordinary talent and legacy to RNZ, perhaps it was time for um, others to come into the mix uh, as well. You know, yeah. so for example, you've got that uh, you know, great morning report team with uh, Guy and Susie. And, um, so, you know, RNZ, uh, look, RNZ, you know, part of the, <laughs> it's a real honour and a pleasure to be on that show. I mean, it's a big part of the fabric of all of Aotearoa up and down the country yeah uh, and, it's and uh, so it's um, you know and, it's, and I'd like to think too that it's not at the expense of um, a local stations like um, like your BFMs or like your Actives or, or indeed like your Radio ones because they offer uh, they offer something else Right, exactly. But I do think that having a national broadcaster, um, Radio New Zealand, or in Australia they have the ABC, that is the kind of there to embrace the the diversity of the culture and sort of give something back to the for the people. And just like you said, without taking away from other local uh, content, is really it's an amazing thing to have, and it's a very valuable thing to have. Totally. And, and I hope it doesn't go away in the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, look, it's a tong, it's a treasure, and it's you know, it, you know, it is actually one of the dreams. It was one of my dreams to be able to um, to work at uh, at RNZ, and I've always uh, it was always. I mean, I did a show um, in Radio One called The Late Break. So I've always, uh, I don't know, I've always, which was on a Saturday, and I, I've always kind of geared, I don't know, my voice and my style to a, um, to, to, to a weekend listen. So it was, um, uh, no, it was a pleasure to take over um, Chris Laidlaw, and he'd been there for, I think, 12 or 13 years. Um, but, you know, I mean, the, the, having said that, you know, as, and as, I, again, I mentioned when I, um, in, in Dunedin, it's, there are things that RNZ, you know, can't replicate, and they can't replicate that on-the-ground flavour when you're in a city like Dunedin, and mm. uh, and you... I mean, it's, it's true what I said in the paper. It's just got that pulse um, of... Um, radio, a local radio station that's really geared towards street-level stuff is just absolutely vital. It's, it's part, of the, part of the fabric, part of the community, you know, and, uh, and it's a place where... You tune in to hear what's happening that evening, tomorrow afternoon. What's um, you, you'll hear local voices. It's cool. It's great. You know, it's and that's something that um, uh, uh, juggernauts like your RNZs and News Talks uh, can't replicate. They do something else. Oh, 
and that's excellent. And um, is there anything for people who might not be familiar with your show? What time is it on, and everything, so they can um, listen? Well, uh, hey, well, uh, thanks for the plug. It's well, it's you know Sunday mornings from seven a.m. and till midday. It's five hours of. Uh, Wallace, you have to remember this is a uni town, so is there a way to listen to it in the afternoon? Is that possible? <laughs> um, well, the, the thing about RNZ is that they've just revamped their website, and one thing about the RNZ website is that um, it's got a great search engine. You just need to search, uh, and it's got a great podcast system. It's, very, it's, high, cl- it's high clarity, high quality. It's so user-friendly, user I think, is the term, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'll find a lot of people... Um, who may not be up at 7am or 10am or whatever they're doing, they're up doing things, they'll just check in um, to the Sunday page and they'll hear what they want to hear. Um, and, um, and that's, you know what, that's, that's increasingly the way that, um, you know, media is going, huh? You'll, you'll listen to or you'll view uh, something when, when you decide to, to, to listen or view it. Oh, that's the way. That's the way it's going. It has. Its, I think that has its good points and its bad points. But that yeah, might be that's true. a bigger topic than we have for time tonight. But um, Wallace, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Great to be on the one. Yeah, it always is. And uh, all the best with your program. And uh, enjoy that uh, beautiful Auckland weather. All the best to you, too, Lord. Yeah, thanks a lot, Wallace.